All right, welcome to the second hour of Barbarian in the Valley. I thought that was an interesting promo, fatherhood.gov. So there's a site set up for fathers, and that's probably pretty helpful, and I should go to that. I mean, I don't feel like I lack in humor from my kids. I don't know if they're listening right now, but it's, I could pick up some dad jokes, and I think it's a really cool idea. It's a sweet idea that the government, and this is, goes to some of the conversations that we've had in this room, is you know, how much does the government get involved in you know, life and directing people and stuff like that. Fatherhood.gov, I'd like to know how much power is behind fatherhood.gov. I mean, just untangling that would be pretty interesting. You're listening to WMUA Amherst. I have to say, WMUA is a mouthful. Like, there's something that makes me trip off of that. WMUA, WMUA Amherst. We're broadcasting from the crystal ship over here at UMass Amherst. It's this beautiful palace that hovers in the air above the trees and rotates. We have a view of the whole basin of the valley. It's just gorgeous. Well, you survived the first hour of semi-coherency. That was themed ill-suited. I hope you enjoyed it. We got coming up next week, we have a, a special. We have a workplace special next week. And then after that, bomb two weeks ago. So if you have a story about being bombed, uh, I don't know, actually. That just says nothing really sounds good right now. Being bombed, I guess that could be getting really drunk. Actually being bombed, which sounds awful, and we shouldn't make light of it. Or being on stage and bombing, which I'm kind of doing right now. <laughs> so it's it's all copacetic. Now, uh, we're entering our second hour, and i got to say, the first thing I want to do is a shout-out to all those people graduating from Northampton High School today. It's graduation day in Northampton. The Jerome L. Green Hall will be filled with people in blue giant cloaks, and hats will be flying through the air, and speeches will be given, and it's a special day, and, you know, both Waylon and I are teachers over at Northampton High School, and we just think that our students are wonderful, wonderful people. The best part of the job is being with the students, and it's a wonderful job because they keep us young. So we just want to send all of our appreciation and love to our former students now as they enter the real world. Hopefully we prepared you somewhat for it, but there'll be plenty of challenges to come. Now, there is a schedule change, okay? Mike Bloomberg was not able to make it. He's not able to make it today. We'll definitely get him on sometime soon. I think what happened is, I'm not sure about this, but I think Waylon pulled up in his orange van to pick him up, and Mike Bloomberg got about halfway down the walk, and then quite wisely was like, turned around and went back into his house because it just seems so sketchy, that van. Okay, and you know, just on that note, I'm not sure where it's parked, <laughs> but I. No, it's not on, Waylon. It's not on. It's not on until I tell you it's on. Okay. He always. You'll get your chance. You'll get your chance. Somewhere on campus, Vanessa, the bright orange van is parked, probably illegally. It's starting to get just a little busier on campus, so I'm just hoping at the least it gets a ticket. If, if we can get a ticket on that van, we'll raffle it off on this show. We'll somehow get it to our number one caller or something like that. And on that note, I just want to let you know, and my wife has told me to really slow down on this one, we actually have two ways of communicating with us. Okay, we have a phone line, which is 413-545-3691. That's 413-545-3691. Three six nine one, but we also now Waylon got us, got me to get us 
He's like the younger guy, so he's like, go get this, go get this. You know, get on Twitter. And so I'm like, uh, okay. And so we have a voice text in line. Okay, so that's 413-200-8186. So if you want to text us something, the number is 413-200-8186. We'll be back in just a minute, and I'll actually turn on Waylon's mic. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? We'll find out. studio back in the crystal ship the hovering crystal ship over here at umass amherst wmua amherst and uh, like i said there's an orange van out there <laughs> so you're actually looking at the board Wayland is now looking at the board because he realizes that when that if there's no blue is that what you were doing yeah, yeah you're looking at it i thought i could get a trick you so let me just go ahead and put you on oh there we welcome go. to the show jeez i don't think you quite understand the the psychological um, games that that me and Norm play here. So mm. him having this button, him having control, the muzzle on me. Have you ever seen the movie Hocus Pocus? There's a zombie. Okay, it's a that Disney a Kurt movie. Kurt Vonnegut book. Hocus Pocus. Yeah, he did I don't write know, a I'm book. I'm too stupid okay. to know that, but I'm not stupid enough to know Disney movies. Okay, so, it's not. Um, it, Bette Midler. Hocus yep. Pocus is like yeah, 90s, I kind of okay. Nineties kids. Nostalgia. I'm starting to get into it. Um, there's a zombie in this movie that has his mouth sewn shut. For like a Ugh. good portion Scary. of everything, it's like this agony, and finally he gets like he gets it like cut off or what were you know opened up, and he just takes this <gasps> big gasp, and then he can talk. Yeah, that's that's exactly that's I am. I am so I just turned him off again. So I guess his mouth is now sewn up um, again. <laughs> you know, I gotta say, Waylon, before I turn you back on, like in some ways, I feel like I'm your Zen master. You know, I have such appreciation for who you are, and yet the entire public out there wants this to happen. Like, I am, like, doing a public service. Okay, you're back on. <sighs> there you go. So there now go. you can actually feel it. Um, I also, you know, you talk so loudly and staccatoly. I should just turn you down, you know, just so that I don't have to do that. I have to do a quick story. When I was a tour guide in New York City, um, I was on the top of the bus, of course, and the driver had access to turn me off turn my microphone off like the stereo was downstairs Whoa! so if the driver wanted to they could turn you off now obviously they were not ever supposed to do that but I was a Red Sox fan right <laughs> you know because I, I'm Eastern Mass and so I'd be down there talking about giving people trouble for a Yankees hat or something and then all of a sudden my mic would go dead <laughs> And this guy, who is super cool, Chris Clemente, is like one of my favorite drivers, would be tur- he'd turn me off. And he got me every time. 
Like every time I so thought, it wasn't like, something my... that was set up. It's like no. it's not like you know Sea World. The dolphin comes them. over and hits the beach ball. It's like whoa, cool. It's not like hey, we're gonna do the we're gonna do the Red Sox thing. No, today. no, no. He he oh, was okay. a Yankees fan. I was a Sox fan. But he he probably did it. I don't know, like seven or eight times. It wasn't like, like every day. Yeah, yeah. But like it always caught me. I always thought the thing had shorted out. <laughs> so you know, <clears throat> now I have the power. I'm dr- I'm the driver. You're the tour guide, and I think that suits you really well. Um, Oh, what was I going to... Where were we going to go? Just for a second. Oh, yeah. Oh, gee. How could I forget? I just... I have a special surprise for you. Okay. I have a surprise for you. That... That... No, I don't want that. Hold on for a second. Okay. Now, I I don't... Do you have any sense of what I'm about to play? No idea. Really? No sense? No. Okay. Well... Does it have to... What does it have to do with... It has to do with your looming ego. Oh. You know I mean, that book, so The Looming Towers? Like, that doesn't <laughs> narrow down anything here. The Looming Towers. We have a, your memoir should be called The Looming Ego. And I just want to play this and, and you know, hold on. Okay. All right, hold on, hold on. Yeah, 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 that's bad. I get it. Oh, okay. I can see what's going on. These are the growing pains of Cody here. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. The Wizard of Oz is. It's really know how to open the curtain. Okay, sorry. In a couple minutes, you're ready to jump out of here. Yeah. So they want us to start at one. I told them two thirty. I mean, obviously, I'm the champ, so I get to. I get to set the rules. How many people are going to show up at this thing? Probably about thirty. 30, 30 people. Okay, cool. Somewhere in there. All right, so oh, yeah. we'll have to check. Okay, in so next do you week. remember that from last week? Can 30, you explain what you were 35. saying? No, no. What was it? What was I talking oh, about? Oh, come on. This was last week at the end of the show. I, was it graduation? No. I mean, obviously, I'm the champ, so I. Oh! I mean, obviously, I'm the, the camp? Champ, so the camping? I, I mean, obviously, <laughs> no, I'm the no. champ, so I. No, Man, not I'm, the camp. I'm striking out Polish here. Polish horseshoes? I mean, oh. obviously, I'm the champ, so I. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm the champ, so I... I mean, obviously, I'm the champ, so I... Yeah, now he has has a loop of the champ. I have a sample. So tell Um, us what actually happened. Okay. So, showed up to the tournament, okay? And first off, I I had the the greatest, and we could call up Scott Poulin, the the conductor of this whole thing. Ask him... Hold hold on for just a second. I mean, obviously, I'm the champ, so I... Okay. Go ahead. So, show up late. Of course. And I was, it was even like 2.45. I was even pushing it then. Mm-hmm. But I drive the orange van into the middle of the backyard, as is tradition, with the Stone Cold Steve Austin's WWF theme song blasting from my radio. Yeah. And then I got out, popped a couple cold ones, got on the top of the van, and did a whole chuggle up. I mean, obviously, I'm the champ, so... I. Okay, and, and that might happen. And that was the highest point of my day. Yeah, see, <laughs> both literally and figuratively. Yes. Um, I mean, we proceeded champ, to get so want like, by my brother and the oh, uh, the ones that lost in RPJ, the team that lost in the finals last year. Um, but the silver lining here is that my old partner, the one that betrayed me and ended up not coming last year, came in like the twilight hour. We had an exhibition match and whomped them in an exhibition uh, match. Yeah, just but to, that's you not... know, that secures your ego a little bit. 
Well, but, that's interesting. I mean, obviously, I'm the champ, so... I, that's interesting now he's because... Got now I mean, he's obviously, I'm the champ, so... I, um, that's interesting because that actually, what you just said, really goes against the excuse you gave me earlier in the week. Well, you, yeah. Because you said... Your partner got too drunk to play. <laughs> and we now you're saying... We call him up saying, right now. That's the well, truth. Well, I think that we will. Can you text him? Oh, yeah. Text, text him and have him call us. But listen, if you won later in an exhibition ma- match, that kind of goes against you saying he was too drunk. No, 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 no. The old partner uh, came back. The old partner came back. And, mind you, afterwards, he Ubered to the casino and lost $250. I mean, so, obviously, I'm the champ. That so shows I- that he could not make good decisions throughout the entire day. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He went drunk to a casino? Yeah. And okay. It was just, it was, it was bad. It was bad. And it was, it was, it was close games, but uh, we also lost to another team, which was really, it was, it was unfortunate. I mean, okay. you should have seen this, Cody. I had, I had one where, so you have to get the Frisbee, and if the bottle gets hit, then you have to catch, uh, you have to catch the bottle. I caught the Frisbee, but it hit the bottle, and I caught the Frisbee. I caught the bottle with the frisbee, like with one hand. So all one-handed, holding a holding a drink in my other hand, caught the frisbee, or caught the bottle on the frisbee, like a mm-hmm. like a waiter catching a yeah something that's dropping. I was I phenomenal. I was playing great. That. I was you, playing you great. Think you if you total had partner. a better partner, total partner, total partner. But you did lose. We lost. Okay, we lost fair and square. Okay, there's there's. Yep, it's recorded. All right, it's recorded. so I just wanted to because it does have to be. There has to be a historical record here to your claims. Um, well, maybe they'll call in. You, know, you work on that. But uh, for our listening audience, our larger listening audience, we're going to be talking about rites of passage today. Okay? And there are all kinds of rites of passages that we have. It being graduation day at Northampton, we thought we might talk a little bit about graduations and stuff like that. But we're going to kind of range around. We're going to range around, you know, as our guest wasn't able to make it, and we're going to kind of improvise, and I think that we both are able to do that. I want to remind you that we now have two means of communicating to us. We have the 413-545-3691 number, right? 413-545-3691 is the call-in number, 545-3691. And now we have a text number, which all the radio shows do now, right? So if you just have a thought... Of any kind, you can also text us at 413-200-8186. That's 413-200-8186. Hopefully easy to remember. So tell me a little bit about your graduation day. Um, you know, the, the thing that's unfortunate, I used to have a, a, a long Facebook account where it started in high school and then transitioned into college and then my, my adult life. And then... You know, you have to kind of preen through that after because, you know, just being a teacher and everything. So I started a new account. I bet you were pretty... (laughs) I had to to like... It was sure as much to see on my past. I just had to like take everything and, you know, just burn it all and put it deep deep inside of a lockbox. But the thing that I liked was like all the pictures that used to come up like 10 years ago, this happened. And I do not remember the ceremony. And that's the thing for rites of passage, I think. I don't remember any speeches including one that I gave at John M. Green Hall and things like that it's like I that all the, the all the orchestrated things are not the things that you remember it's all the after you know talk like the pictures with people after or the conversations that you have there okay like that's that's right of passage for me is um 
is the the organic stuff that happens and not any of the, the kind of showpiece stuff. So that's interesting. So in some ways you feel like the last person who's going to hear a graduation speech are the people who are graduating. Yeah. Like it's more likely that someone in the crowd will hear that speech than yeah, someone. for sure. Yeah, because you are kind of really preoccupied. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's true. And it's such a kind along. of like graduating high school is a... It's kind of a heady day. I feel like it's a very charged day, actually. And I know that from my own kind of graduating high school, but also like last year when I was seeing the kids, it's really something, there's a letting go that's really quite awkward. And I feel like there's this, this, and I have this still, this feeling like you want something more. You want a deeper connect with the students before they leave or with your peers before you leave that just is hard to actually access. Yeah, and I think... um you know, one of the things that's an enlightening, just like a little anecdote of graduations that I've seen over the fa- past five years is uh, the stu- like students come out and they light up cigars. And it's graduation is this kind of non-secular bar mitzvah or um, uh, like a wedding and a um, and like birth. It's like all of these things that are like out there and like you're, you um, both are transitioning into adulthood, but have some sort of kind of recollection about it's a weird, it's a weird time. Um, and it's something that is, is just void of a lot of those kind of like what we were talking about last, last um, week, religious meaning or kind of like these spiritual, it's this civic recognition. It's kind of like uh, when I really, really want to go to when they swear in um, new American citizens at the at the at the courthouse or outside of like the Hampshire district. It happens in Northampton every year, and there's a certain cohort of new American citizens. And it's just this like, it's a weird thing to be like have this governmental and societal communal recognition that's void of all of those those things that we usually find that community yeah. in. And do you think that kind of limits the amount of emotional connection? I think it I think it makes it even more poignant because it's so inclusive. So you kind of strip out the politics of everything and you strip out the mm. um the it's do you just think an high school I, I get maybe with the citizenship thing. Do you think that high school graduation is poignant? I think I'm that we make skeptical. it so I think that we make it so. Do I think that it's an, like the pragmatics of graduating high school? Well, if you want to look at the economic pragmatics of it, you're more likely to make more money with a high school. Oh, and well, then yeah, gra- certainly. You know, and we're not talking about that. But, we're talking about the actual experience of leaving this thing. I mean, these our students have been together since they were five. Yeah. You know, it's a real death of a kind. You yeah. know, it's a rebirth and a death of a kind. And I think that a lot of them can't handle it. And I mean, I, I, I kind of felt the same way that it was like, too big to handle and that all you want to do is get out. And you hear kids, students talk that way. I actually saw a young, one of my students in the gym today and um, he was like, just can't wait to get out. You know, there's this anxiety yeah. about being seen kind of and also like acknowledging the kind of deep, all that stuff that's gone on. You know, I feel like these kids, they're very old right now. And then when they get to college, they become very young. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like they're back in kindergarten in so many ways. You know, they yeah. become so secure. 
and then they become so vulnerable immediately. And that's good. You know, I, that's healthy yeah. growth. And I think that's a societal narrative that you see, and I think that pop culture influences this a lot, is that once you become that senior and like once you're in that um, kind of older, mature role for the community that you're in, it's like, I got to get out of here. You know, like you always hear, I got I to gotta leave this town or I got to leave this. And, you know... I did the same exact thing. I went to, I went to, like right after I graduated, I backpacked Europe because I was like, oh, you know, like this town's too small for me. And what do I do? Right. I come right back and not, like go to UMass and stay in the community that I love because I then I kind of had a reflection or retrospect that's like, oh, yeah, it's not, it's not uncool to be around here and be invested in the community that invested in you, you know. And I think that there's people that go and need to go to a big city like Boston or New York or, you know, Chicago. Totally fine. You know, 100% um, do that. But if a society treated you right, don't be running away from it and be, be using a narrative of like, oh, I just got to get out of here. Sure. Well, no, I think that's, I think it's, um, I agree with that. I think it's hard, you know, because it is emotional. Um, I always appreciate the students who come and see me oh, before yeah. they leave. For and sure. that's the one time I'll hug a student is yeah. when they're leaving, yeah. you know, when they come and see me. And that's, I feel like, a kind of acknowledgement of what's going on when they come and see me. Because obviously I'm not hugging them any other time in their career. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's a whole other thing. Like, the scholarship, a scholarship night um, or well, sure. a thing, you know, like... Well, that's different. I I'm think talking that our society about in school, there, in my classroom. Yeah, yeah. That's the only time I'm going to I mean, that's a whole other topic. But I think society is way too uh, litigious, and we've gotten, we've gotten away from ha- like having a, like a thoughtful moment like that, and that's, and that's okay. I think the demonization of stuff like that, and don't get me wrong, there's certainly inappropriate times, but there's mm. also appropriate times where you, could, you can hug a student sure. or something. I'm not, well, I'm not trying to demonize it. Yeah. It's not something I'm that comfortable doing. You know, and that's yeah, just like myself, yes, but I am comfortable doing yeah. it at that moment. Yeah. And it's interesting because the students know I'm not touchy or physical in any way. Yeah. It almost preserves that moment as a rite of passage. I get it. You know, yeah. because they are like, oh, Cody's giving me a hug. Like that's, it that's shows like the humanity a, in you as a, as a teacher that right. a, a human side. But I also think it shows like, oh, this is a moment. Like, this is, like, we're having a real moment right now. Because yeah. this would never happen at any other time. This is the last day of school and I'm coming to see him. Now, he, now he's giving me a hug. So I feel like it's almost a way to give them a rite of passage at that moment where it's like, okay, this is, like, serious now. Like, this is goodbye a little bit. Not that people don't come and see me. And I love that when, when students come re- revisit, and as you have that a lot as well. Um, but, you know... I'm not the best at it either. You know, I was brought up in New England, and saying goodbye is hard, I think. Yeah. It's, um, for, for, my, for my students, the ones that I get the closest to, there's a lot. It's, it's not necessarily a goodbye forever. Like, it's a lot of still communicating throughout their college career, like emails yep. and... Um, so the thing I think that is different too is that because I, I operate the news, the me, like news media, we have a um, we use Slack, which is a messaging system to be like, oh, are you going to be covering this? Do you need an extra camera here? So there is this kind of constant contact that is developed by the necessity of news for us, and so that extends afterwards into other avenues. Sure. And so that idea that you know, um, it's like goodbye, goodbye for. 
the the one the students that I'm the closest to is um, it's a little different there too, just as a kind of kind of a side in all of this. Yeah, yeah, I think that's conditional. For good, bad, or you know, well, it's just who you are and it's the role that you play. You know, whereas I'm a history teacher, like yeah, we can have a conversation. I do like it when they visit me, and but the ones who visit me are the ones who are very much like me. So it's almost like it's like touching base with Cody. It's like a thing. Yeah. Um, so it's a little different. I have kids, and it's very important to me that my kids are like psychically first in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a question for you: rites of passage, five years, ten year reunions. You get invited. Are you good to go for one of the classes? For one of the classes, I could see going. Definitely. I'm certainly curious. I'm really curious what happens now. I'm only six, seven years into my teaching career, so. You know, like, we're only starting, both of us are only starting to see how things play out, you know. And I'm yeah. curious in many ways, and I'm also sometimes fearful on, about what's going to happen to certain students, you know. And sometimes you'll see a student, you're like, I wonder, I hope they're doing well. You know, it's not always yeah. easy, you know, depending on what's going on in their lives. Obviously, you would go. Oh, yeah. I'll yeah, go there's home. no question. I would go, definitely. I haven't been to, I've only been to one of my own reunions, but I certainly would go to a reunion of the students before meet my own because that feels very distant. Yeah. You know, that's just so distant. It's funny you mentioned graduation day because my, the reason I'm a teacher is because of this teacher I had. Obviously, that's usually how it works. Yeah, for me too. Dr. Lillian, who was a legendary history teacher and fencing coach. Well, I can see that it wasn't the PE teacher that influenced you. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> a zinger. Hold on. It's just so hard to reach the yeah, sample. What are you going to do? Loop my championship? Thing? I mean, obviously, I'm the champ, so I... Um, I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty agile and physical, but you're right. I know. Yeah, it's okay. And you beat, Listen, me, you you have beat to, me in all the sports that we you, play. So. That's true. You have to find a way to tease me, I guess, because I tease you I'm an awful lot. i got to figure all but the avenues But it has to be like, here. it's going to be... I don't know if that's like good enough. <laughs> it's got to be something else about my personality. I think it probably be I'm too sensitive. I think you would say perhaps. Yeah, but I got to get, get the Impala in there somewhere. Well, that's a long story. That car, you know. Now, I just want to remind you. I know we're kind of ranging around, but we'd love to hear you. Is your pal going to call in? Is he going to set the record straight here? Let's see, because no, the Polish horseshoe thing is still on the table. Yet, nothing yet. Okay. Probably sleeping. That'd be my guess. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday at one thirty. <laughs> is that right? But yep. just a reminder that the call-in is 413-545-3691, 413-545-3691, and then also a text is 413-200-8186, 413-200-8186. I know that my wife had some really like terrible graduation stories. I'm not sure she wants to share those. But it's interesting, when I was graduating... It was like, it was awkward. It was awkward with the other kids. And I see that also with these kids. Like this, um, like I felt like we were all, all of a sudden like young and insecure again. You know, because when you're a senior in high school, there's a lot of security there. You know, you feel really grounded. And people generally are pretty cool to one another. You're not going to get bullied senior year. Yeah. Not really. I mean. I, well, where we, I mean, where no, we live. Even in my high school, even in Concord Carla High School, everything had settled. All the wars were over. You know, you were who you were, and that was it. People basically, it's interesting how, like, public school particularly is almost like a, 
evolution of acceptance of everybody. Like by the time yeah. you hit senior year, everyone accepts everybody for who they are. And you even hear them talk about like, well, that's so-and-so and so-and-so is like that. And there's no judgment or acrimony to it. It's just by that time, there's a level of acceptance. But on graduation day, I feel like there's a level of insecurity of what does this mean? Is this as important as everyone said? They've told me this is important. Is this like an emotional moment? And I think so often it's like, where is it? I can't find this moment. Do you think that it's acceptance in that or apathy? Because the, the acceptance is one thing. Like, I can work with acceptance, but the apathy. So, um, to give you a little context, the senior, so senior class usually goes on a trip to High Meadows, right? It's, a, it's like an a all-inclusive little day where there's a pool and there's games and there's everything in, yeah, in a nice place that's just secluded and safe and everything. Um, they had low participation this year, and I really told the kids, I was like, looking for, like, um, I'm... You, I don't think that you're reflecting on how much this is this is going to mean to you down the line because everything's going so fast. They're like, oh, we don't want to spend 30 bucks or whatever, 40 bucks on going to this. I was like, this is the last time. You're not going to see a lot of these people again, maybe for the rest of your life. And it's one time where you can all come together and, and appreciate that you as a class, as a cohort of individuals, accom- accomplish something together. And you're the barrier to this. And the barrier is free and reduced lunch. Uh, students can go for free. And uh, if you, you know, do have the means for pay, it, it's, it's subsidized as well for the class. Like yeah. it's 20, 30 bucks off. So it's just an all around good day. But they had low participation this year. And I was like, you know, like that's such a shame. Because even if you don't hang out with the individuals to your left and your right in the alphabetical order, you, sh- you still should you respect the sanctity yeah, but of I this time. I think it's shyness. As speaking as someone who is probably more shy than you are, I don't consider myself a wildly shy person, but there is moments. I think it's this shyness. I don't think it's apathy. I think the apathy is a cloak for, I don't, yeah. I don't know if I can. I don't know what this means. If I don't that's know. it, then yeah. yeah, I can work with that. But like yeah. having, but being like, oh, you know, like I'm just going to go off with my own little, you know, click or something and go to the beach on the same day. I think that you're missing out on the larger picture. Oh yeah, I do. I definitely agree with you. And having gone to High Meadows last year, it was oh, really yeah. great. I love going to High Meadows. It was really cool. And I do agree with you. Also, and for this is an interesting kind of side note for stuff that we've talked about before. And it just occurred to me that we live in such a self-selecting society. Like, this is something we should do a show on. Um, I really think to a fault, we now live in a self-selecting society where you are pretty much, if you just don't, you take the hands off the wheel in any way, you're kind of shuffled right into your demographic. And then you really don't see the rest of the world. And you, everyone lives in their own bubbles right across the strata. And that high school, public school, the thing that really excites me most about public school is that you are forced to be with people from across the demographic board. Like yeah. That is something that you can't um, facsimilate in any other way, not in private school. Uh-uh. You know, you can, you can kind of like advocate for it, but it's not the same. It's not the same because private schools, well, they can vary their demographics, but it's usually going to be families that are really on top of their thing and are like pushing their kids in there. It's different. Public school is everybody. And so in a lot of ways, High Meadows or their end of their senior year or graduation is the last moment that they won't be in a self-selecting society. Now they will will funnel into 
I am, you know, a bourgeois, upper middle class. I am middle class, um, you know, hamp, or whatever it is. And the whole display of it, too. I mean, like the, the thing, going back to the High Meadows for just one second, um, the High Meadows is voluntary. The graduation is, you know, there's some kids that don't do it, but it's, like, involuntary, really. You know, like, that's where you have to there be. There are kids who don't there's do a, it. There's that's, a few. That's there's your a far few end always, of, like, you know, I don't, I don't want to be... Yeah, and yeah. some, and, you know, like... You know, whatever you want to do sure. is um, what you want to do. But just going back to Grace graduation as just the, a theater, you know, everyone wears the same thing. You right. know, everybody walks and shakes the same hands. Everybody's name is called. It's a it's alphabetical. Yeah, it's, it's a not very, hierarchical. I mean, you do have like the valedictorian yeah, and stuff like that. It's this. It's this kind of beautiful ceremony of both acknowledging you in a fifteen seconds of fame. And um, putting you through the turnstile like a cow at a slaughterhouse. <laughs> it's right. Like, it's like, congratulations, this is the most meaningful uh, you know, um, day in your life and next person. Congratulations, sure. most meaningful day in your life. And it's like, but... You know, when we when we come back and like extract like we extract way more positive, and I want to extract way more positive. Um, we should have a graduation for just like a shout, a day of shout out for anybody that want to walk that you want to nominate and walk the stage. Imagine that. What like, would that look like? I'm sorry, um, Cody. You were really cool, um, and you helped me out at a point in my life that um, that I really needed help. Shout out to Cody. Cody comes across the stage. And you just have this, like, good, like, um, kind of, like, big ups moment to anybody that you want. It's a community event. Hmm. And anybody that did something good and they're, you know, they get their 15 seconds of fame for doing something good. Huh. Why is it that we need to build up all the way through the, entire, the entirety of life to get to this accomplishment and then you're acknowledged for 15 seconds? Why don't we, why don't we just acknowledge people all the time, have a little ceremony about it, have a little party? Pulaski Park. <laughs> okay, I'm just trying to understand what <laughs> this is a radical thought. I, I, I'm making this up on the fly. Yeah, yeah, go. yeah. And I'm trying to visualize. Who's it. cooking you? Yeah, like is this kosher like, hot dogs? What is going on? Like I don't even. Is this their graduation? No, this is no, just this, this is just like, for society. Yeah, just a way of of being mm. a positive community. Okay, so like there's milestones in everything in life. It's a great idea for this show. Yeah. So, so start so start acknowledging me, please. Well, I have acknowledged you. <laughs> I've acknowledged where you failed, <laughs> which is the, the sweetest the thing I can do for someone like you. Like, it's, I am your, as you know, I've told you this before, but the Roman emperors, we've talked about this. They would have oh, yeah. a slave follow them through their big parades, and the slave would kind of try to ground the emperors. And in that sense, I'm your slave, you know? I think I'm your slave. You have a button that controls my every thought. Well, that, that's the thing. Master-slave, it's very, you know, it's <laughs> yeah, hard to know yeah. who's in charge at any one time. Here. But I think it's, it's grounding for you, most definitely. Well, let me say this. You know, if you're out there and you want to give a shout-out to any teacher ever, you know, um, why don't you text us, 413-200-8186. More read it online, 413-200-8186. That's 281-86. And we'll let them... We'll, uh, we'll give it a little shout out. We're going to do a couple of promos and stuff like that, and we'll be back in just a minute. You
like that's Kurt Vaughn, Never Run Away. Now, I don't, I don't usually I, I have a big resistance to playing a song that somehow relates to what we're talking about, you know, but I thought, why not? So this is for all the graduates. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't run away. Don't run away. Um, that's Kurt Vaughn. We were just talking about how much we like Kurt Vaughn and that album, Waking on a Pretty Day, uh, it's just tremendous. Yeah. And then he got off pills. And it's it's not as good now. I I'm not. A, I don't take drugs. I don't believe in drugs. But I have to say, it's like the tortured artist. You yeah. know, it's like without without pain, what are you gonna what are you gonna pain and gonna pleasure, do? I guess. But you know, it's good that he's off of them. I think. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we can leave it at that. Although just you know, there's a room on, uh, for artists to yeah. be like a little bit off the rails. Or just reading important. a thing on because I play um, Pathfinder, which is Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I was on Reddit and it said uh, the our DM banned all evil characters. <laughs> and so basically what happened was there was no one to kill or no one to like to, to fight. And so like the party disbanded and like he ruined the entire campaign because they were fight like they were getting into too many things and like he made this rule. But yeah. Huh. It's like if you don't have if you don't have something that you're trying to over overcome, what are you going to Well that's interesting. You know, and I think that's like so what was the rationale banning evil characters? I think I mean you get you get annoyingly you get into like all these you know skirmishes and stuff sometimes you know instigated by yourself but okay yeah I guess I just don't know Dungeons and yeah, Dragons you're just well not enough. as cool as me yeah I'm not as as on the brash you. yeah if you by the way I did have to say uh, do you know Freaks and Geeks the TV show I've never watched it but oh, yeah it's a, it's a cult classic no it's more than a cult it. classic they actually got in a time machine with some cameras and like captured Stranger that- Things style Stranger Things is like well, that. yeah, maybe no, but Stranger Things is is you know fantastical. I think that show does oh, a good okay. job. Okay, you're saying like it's saying very they capture that moment in time yeah. so well because I remember that moment. You know, I was the age. Yeah, you of, were a freaking geek. I was a total freaking geek. Oh, we have a text here. Hold on for a second. I have to put on my reading glasses because I've gotten quite old. For a geek, you're pretty bad with technology over here. So we have a shout out to Mr. McMillan who sponsored a startup music club in high school. Okay, cool. Sweet. Yeah, Mr. McMillan. I mean, that's the other really beautiful thing about being a teacher is, you know, and I think all teachers, that's the thing that I think is really neat. Like, we have Teacher of the Year stuff, of which Waylon walks away with that prize a lot, and, you know, I think <laughs> quite suitingly. But I think for some students, you're not Teacher of the Year. You know? Oh, for sure. And there are some students... Every teacher is somehow their teacher of the year. I like think, that's another thing about yeah. we we talk about the cattle call of graduation, and and that's another uh, show too is awards. Like I'm actually not a big. I, I know I want you to give me the Grinspoon because <laughs> it's like Lord of the Rings, but I, I've already let go of it. But that's fine. But awards, I've seen how they affect my students, and I don't like how they affect my students. And I've also seen students who I just cherish so much never win an award. And they're so sharp and perceptive, you know, and they're so dynamic, but they're just not, they're never going to win an award. And so... So is that diploma an award? No, the diploma's not an award, but being a valedictorian's award, and we have, for the seniors, we have awards nights, right? You know, there were... Yeah. I I don't mind superlatives as much because they're playful, you know, senior superlatives, but these awards nights, I'm always like, where's this person? Like, that person's such an amazing person. They didn't... There's no award for them. And it's yeah. happened enough. And also I noticed uh, when I worked in Springfield, when you gave an award to a student, they generally stopped exhibiting the behavior you were awarding them for. Now, I don't know why that is. I think it's because you've, they've, you've acknowledged them to that certain level. It's the same thing with um, 
with my with my new students. It's like, oh my dad, you did an excellent job. But it's like you you did an excellent job, but you have to do an excellent job every single well, week. So it's like, it. oh, I did an excellent job last week, so my audio can be bad this week. You know, like it's like There's where is that spectrum of about praise awards, right? and consistency? Well, praise yeah. is manipulative. It can be manipulative because you're basically telling them how, how you you want them to behave. I'm not saying uh, praise is bad, um, but it's tricky, and it's tricky. Like I have kids, and they're very praiseworthy. I love my children. But praising them too much, I just don't, I'm just fearful of what that will end in because they, they, by the way, and just kind of a side note, you may have heard of this study. There's a study that basically compared two classrooms over time, and they did it multiple times. In one classroom, they praised them for being smart. In one, the other classroom, they praised them for being hardworking. And the kids who were praised for being hardworking did way better over time because hardworking is yeah. an activity. Smart is a... A characteristic, yeah. right? And you can only lose it, right? You, once someone calls you smart, you're almost fearful to move because it is a characteristic. Whereas hardworking, anyone can be hardworking. Like it's it's something yeah. you engage in. That's what I was saying before. It's like that's the quintessential American dream. It's like the smartness. It's 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 why everybody likes the the turtle in the hair, right? Like naturally, there's some smart people in the world, but if you are able to understand how to grind it out, if you can do that and not get taken advantage of and and keep on like doing hard work, not just laterally, but in, an, in a steady incline, like that is the ticket to success. But too, too many times, like yeah. that's what, it, like my dad... You know, dipping locks in a, at the at the um, at the lock factory in acid. It's like he's got to stay there laterally. I mean, he could well, he be, didn't though. Yeah, but he's doing that. In he was what he was doing on an incline was hard work in school and doing his academics. You know, so you you like the hard hard work is not just hard work. Hard work is hard work with the with with some insight that you gain and perspective and experience that you gain from that and you're increasing in your well, ability I'm to I'm going to challenge that up. just for a second and just say, I get what you're saying. Obviously, you want to move things forward. But hustle is hustle. Hard work is hard work. And, you know, if you hustle on something that doesn't have, like, upward movement, that's just lateral, that will feed into when you are upwardly moving. Like, I think it's always good to exert hustle. You know, and some of my happiest times, my wife will tell you, is doing like meaningless hustle tasks, like moving or something like that. Like that, I really enjoy that. It really liberates me. So I get what you're saying. You want your hustle to be on an incline where you're moving somewhere, but hustle begets hustle. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, and yeah, I had. I don't think you would disagree with that. I'm just clarifying. No, I, I just. I just wanted to correct you to correct you. And I just want to also remind people, we got one shout-out here, 413-200-8186 is our text line. I like the idea of the shout-outs for the teachers, too. That's, well, yeah. that's pretty cool. Or shout-out to somebody from that you graduated high school with. or Sure, anybody. That's yeah. just something we can do here. 413-200-8186 right is the text Right now line. is my communal graduation idea. Those like like life graduation. Okay. Send in your fifteen seconds of who did something good for you. I mean, we're okay. not in Pulaski Park, like I said, but let's throw them on there. Okay, virtual graduation. I like that. I just got another one. Um, it says thanks to Mr. Cody, who was way better than Mr. Whalen. I don't know who sent that. 
I'm not sure. I think, yeah. NM? What's that? NM? Anonymous? <laughs> it's all anonymous, folks. It's all anonymous. Now, as those texts come flooding into our mailbox, I want to, and we will we'll still accept them from now until 2 o'clock is when we wrap up. You had a situation recently that I wanted to discuss. So just lay out the situation for us. Okay. So, uh, one of my friends... Who's this, this, by the way, could be the moral dilemma part of the show. Yeah. Of which you are yeah, constantly sure. involved in moral dilemmas, I feel like. Not that you actually have them, but that, like, there's definitely... That I, well, this is the thing. I don't bend when I think that my morality is true. So then I won't let it go. And then it becomes a discussion, and then a discussion becomes something bigger, and then it starts snowballing. But <laughs> if somebody's going to say, like, this was like, I'm eating a quesadilla and drinking a beer at Trivia, and it's like a side thing. It's yes, like, a, oh, I can't believe like that so-and-so would do trivia. this. Haven't you? No, but you I... You slapped I a guy's glasses no, off? I, I, I took his glasses, okay? You took his glasses. You took a guy's glasses but at Trivia night. But he, he, he was cheating, okay? He was yeah, but cheating that's like assault, at Trivia. man. That's assault, <laughs> So wait, wait, wait. He was in my face. He was. He, he was we were, in we your were face. Both, yeah, no, no, no. I wasn't, like, I didn't just like go up and like put him in like a headlock or anything. No, like this oh. was like this was like two was mutual tensions coming together. But, but taking a guy's class trivia is not <laughs> trivia is not um not the best. It's not trivial time for morality for me either. No, um, there was I, there was another time before I get into the story where yeah. I was trying to defend myself and like and all this. I was I was the complete jerk in the situation. But you know I'm, I love playing devil's advocate and to some degree I was just trying to explain the context of it so they could understand. There was a woman crocheting in the booth next to us, complete stranger. She turns in the middle of every all of my friends berating me about how big of a jerk I am, and she goes, "Is he always this much of a d bag?" <laughs> yeah. Random crocheting woman. Nice. Totally. And That's we great. just like right there, everybody just lost it. Right. Right. Lost it. Yeah. Well, you are. Yeah. Um. So tell I, I us about this situation. Okay. So. So this is a recent this week situation, yeah, and again, this, this is something people can chime in on because it is like a question of of whether this was correct for you to do or not. I can see both yeah, sides. So what is sure. the situation? Okay, so situation is my friend is applying to med school. Uh, she is very, um, she's very smart. Uh, she's She has uh, things published. She's a hard worker, um, very uh, a, a good person. Uh, writing in, in kind of like this English kind of, uh, you know, um, real sense of like the cover letter has to be kind of meaningful and dramatic and everything. She doesn't possess that skill necessarily. So she wanted me to look it over for her. So looking it over what became kind of like retooling the thing, moving, you know, whole paragraphs, like completely rewriting the first paragraph, that hook that's very important, but texting her throughout the thing. One of the, one of the biggest things she over, she had to overcome was uh, an automobile accident that she had. And, so I was getting all the info, like, was there broken glass at the scene? What was it? What did it feel like? And she was like, it felt like being submerged underwater. Everything was kind of like this kind of dullness and stuff. I was like, I can work with that. Boom. So I'm telling my friends this and my friends go, I can't believe that, she, that, that, um, that she would do that. And I was like, what, what's, what's, the, what's wrong with this? That she and that you. She and I we're doing, you know, because this is and what, what my thing is, be, actually before I get into that, but what she said is 
that it's not an authentic representation because it's not entirely in her words. And I was like, everything is the authentic is authentic of what happened. It's just an individual is getting help expressing that authenticity. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. It was her story. And the thing that they really got stuck on was that I, I used, and I don't even think it's, it's true, but I used the, I used the term ghostwrite. I ghost wrote it for her. Okay, so that is important because that's a little different from like a Socratic method where you're, you're helping her frame. So actually tell us like how, how much do you think that's true of the ghostwriting I I put the percentages down at the time of like a, tw- a 20% me, 80% her. I'd probably move that to like 35% me, 40% me, 60 her. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, you know, the whole narrative is definitely yeah, hers. Yeah, but that is, that is a little different because that is, um, it's not just, it's not just assessing her for her experience, it's assessing her for her ability to, you know, write clearly, right? Isn't that what I think clearly? In fact, you know, seen that way, and by the way, I don't, I don't, I'm just going to devil's advocate yeah, yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. No, because I, I think it. we all get help. I yeah, mean, sure. whenever I'm doing something, my wife and I sit down and workshop it and vice versa. So, but you could argue and I don't think it's a strong argument because does anyone really do all this stuff alone? But, you know, this cover letter needs to be assessing her for coherent structural thinking as well as prose. It's the same problem that I have with taking the SATs and things like that. Is it a good, is it um, a good litmus test? Is that what we're going to value? Um, I don't think it is. I don't think that her her ability to kind of give a razzle-dazzle in a story, I just think that that's actually kind of the narcissistic quality of humans. It's like, oh, we're, we hired this person because they um, did, they overcame this. Everybody loves a good story like that. I was watching the Stanley Cup last night. Great, great, um, great inspiring story girl has um a disease the player um you know came together and they became friends and everything but you know that that adversity story like the producers were salivating you know when they when they got that they're like we're gonna make this the cornerstone of of this entire thing it's like these people are in a room looking at a whole bunch of statistics and the thing that they have in like it's like the 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 cow slaughterhouse. They got 15 seconds to see if this person has a good story. So if they're going to be inauthentic in the representations of their due diligence there, then why would you necessarily be the only person that can be, you know, you, you're going to get as much help in that expression because then they'll bring you in for an interview. They'll do the follow-up. Then you knock it out of the park. I can't be there when, when she's, she's doing the, the last stage interviews. That's all her. Yeah, but I mean, uh, it sounds like a lot of equivocation. Again, I'm not necessarily with your friends on this, but what the way you're articulating, it sounds like equivocation, which is, well, they do it on the Stanley Cup thing, and so, you know, <laughs> you know it's like, you don't like it when they do it with the Stanley Cup thing, necessarily. I do like it. Oh, you like, do like, I'm like it. Oh, you like the that. end product. Yeah. yeah. I think that that's how our society operates. Yeah. I mean, that's and a whole we, other yeah. thing, is like these adversity stories. And Why is it that... Because I think that, because yeah. we've, you know, obviously resilience is a really powerful and good thing. Yeah. It's, this, it's the reason I like that. I want to be clear, though. It's authenticity. 
Yeah. Everything that I was oh, writing down was uh-oh. all authentic. Uh-oh. I was I wasn't like, oh my god, no, like there was a fiery see, blaze. I love the way and- you back off of ledges. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here listening to you talk. I'm like, okay, and then you like take three steps back and you're but like over a ledge. That's different though. That because little girl, what you're doing is is that little girl has a disease. That's the same reason why I I appreciate the 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 Stanley Cup one with a little bit of embellishment. Okay, I don't mm-hmm. care if the the fish was you know. Uh, 13 inches long or 14 inches long. That's okay. Do your doing your embellishment, but stay true to the story. Stay true to the narrative. So there's nothing in the story that was that was you know different or, or or made up. That's why I can't watch like American Idol or anything like that. Is because they're manufactured like American Ninja Warrior. It's like they take those stories and then they twist them. They're like, okay, this is your narrative. It's right. like, well, I actually think that's a, like an interesting. Like, total subject for another time because I have very strong feelings about that too. And I actually probably wouldn't have liked the story on the Stanley Cup. Like, I do think that we're slaves of narrative a little bit. Yeah. And that the narratives that we're supposed to follow, we kind of like, we square peg ourselves into these narratives. You know, college admission essays, right? How many college admission essays are about going to Guatemala and building a school? I thought it would be a funny spoof. Like, Funny or Die, like the college thing, you know, that Funny or Die, they should do a spoof where these, like, I mean, how many schools are getting built? I mean, how many schools does need to be built? (laughs) I mean, if you have every college applicant writing about building a school somewhere, are they just building, like, random schools just so these kids can have essays? So I think the rite of passage for college admissions is I think that we're getting we're probably getting there as a society and it's going to be it's it's like this for certain jobs too and programming for sure it's the rite of passage is proving your worth okay uh, there's a there's and I this when I looked up I was like what are we going to talk about for rite of passage this is the rite of passage for me okay the um you ever see the indigenous culture of, of is like Vanuatu they make this huge scaffold they tie yes. roots to yeah. their feet and then they jump off this thing 50, 60 feet in the air straight down in a nosedive and they get saved by the roots, okay? That's putting your money where your mouth is. If, yeah. You know, I don't want to hear about, you know, this, this, your narrative, your biased spin on a time where you did X, Y, and Z. I want you to, I want to see it for myself. So come in. So this is your new college admissions program? Oh, yeah. Jumping off a yep. plank with roots tied <laughs> I mean, it might be better. We get on Du Bois over here, and we just, we, we do this. Well, I have to say, my most cynical self says that the college admission essay and the cover letter are rites of passage to prove that you're really willing to be inauthentic a little bit, and you're willing to play ball. You're willing to give them what they want, opposed to maybe who you are. Like that's my most cynical self. I, I don't really want to spend a lot of time there, but well, I, th- I think that you're get, you're getting to it. I think that it's the the biggest thing is in society is it's uh, the ability to suss out if if the the true ones are looking at the ability to talk up yourself and be um, humble at the same time. So you need to because it's like. It's like when you're in an interview and they're like, tell, tell us one of your best qualities or like something like that. So you have to humble brag. Yeah. And that's what society wants. You know, if you come in roaring like a lion and say all this stuff and like, and you, you can't take a step back and be like, oh yes, but it was, you know, like this trip which opened my which, eyes to- Which brings the question of how you ever got a job. Yeah, I know. Did like, you? What did you do in your interviews, job interviews? I think the thing- Because actually you can get a little- 
Well, first you off, have a funny reflective side yeah. that's totally inauthentic, but it's funny oh, yeah, to watch. Sure. Um, it's like you you get all serious sometimes when you're giving a speech. Oh yeah, pretty, no no, because pa- because you got to be driven by passion because that's authentic, right? You know, well, like the you might things my convictions and my 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 convictions are passionate, right? Yeah, I think that that's but. Um, I think that people understand that the 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 kind of the flatline basis of me is kind of an unwavering confidence that if you don't know me, the very first thing you're going to be misconstru- is going to be misconstrued is that I'm pompous or a d bag, which is sometimes correct. Um, but at the end of the day, that that authenticity and, and those things kind of bubble to the surface after I, I'm a lot to handle at first. So the interviews are, I think I do well in interviews, but you know, I, I do have to really, really, really check myself. And the, the one for Northampton was, was easy because I knew, and I'm, and I'm a very, I knew that I did not have a background in teaching. I was, I have my teaching certificate. I had my, my undergraduate in history. I was going to be teaching technology education. So I knew that I, I was, I was coming in as an underdog. Mm-hmm. And so that acknowledgement, I think was the part of the, of the thing when they were looking at my resume and seeing all the things that I was doing strongly, which I, I acknowledged. Yep. You got to acknowledge your, you, you got to acknowledge your weakness. You know, yep. I think that that's a big problem with society is, is not being able to do so. Absolutely. I funny story. The I remember one guy given who's in an interview and I think the interviewer asked him, you know, what's your weakness? And he basically was like, Just don't leave any matches out. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good answer. Now listen, um we didn't totally resolve that moral dilemma, you know. But we are up. Time is up. Time is up. I'm just gonna go ahead and say you were wrong. Because that's the easiest thing to do in this moment. Yeah. You know what? And I'm a D-bag, too. You got to put that in there. I don't know. I don't know if that's really right. <laughs> you are something. <laughs> that's for sure. You're a piece of work. What are you going to do with the rest of your weekend? As short as it uh, is. So, graduation. Yep. I'm going to go to graduation. And then I'm going to go play disc golf over at my buddy who lives in uh, Westfield, the tree uh, farm. Are you going to win? Uh, no. No. I have to be. Okay. I, I'm quite <laughs> honest in my, in my capacities. And my friends are pros. I will be many, many strokes behind them. When you say they're pros, you don't actually mean pro. Oh no, they go on the circ. They go on the circuit. Do you they're get not- paid for that? No, no. Just, okay. I, 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 I really Maybe wish someday. they did. They pour their heart and souls into this. Okay, um, let's but- not get too sad. <laughs> <laughs> see, I'm passionate. You are a passionate, passionate my about my convictions. Well, I'm going to bike home. I'm going to see my lovely kids, and I'm going to try to get some housework done, fold some laundry, clean the kitchen, scrub the chalkboard so I can put a new schedule on it. And look forward to another week. We only have a couple more weeks before summer. So it's winding down, man. All right. Well, you guys out there, we'll see you next week. We have plenty to talk about. <laughs> <laughs>